Hello friends and welcome to episode 59 of From the Van. It's a podcast from my van where I have conversations with people who have relationships with residential vehicles. I'm your host Marty Benson and today's episode features Melanie Wilkinson. Melanie is a trumpet player and instructor from Tasmania, Australia. Guys, I haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks. To the extent that you care, I apologize for that. Um, I'm sort of, I've sort of been confused about what to do. Coronavirus got me down a little bit, and uh, I can't have people over to my van to talk about theirs, and and that bums me out. But. The silver lining in all of this is that it's forced us to sort of start to even live more globally. And so I hit up Melanie because I enjoyed her trumpet videos on Instagram and I knew that she had a van and I had an opportunity to talk to somebody who's like 17 hours in the future. I think we started recording this at 1 p.m. her time, which is 8 p.m. our time, but in the day before. Uh, and I got to learn about what van life is like in Australia a little bit and we nerded out about music uh, a little too. I hope that you enjoy episode 59 of From the Van featuring Melanie Wilkinson. Yeah, awesome. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. I'm fucking up. You what? I'm fogging up. Oh, in your glasses. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. I have a coffee now. Oh, yeah. It's midday there. I'm drinking beer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I've got a few of those. I could have one. Yeah. What time is it? One? Yeah. It's past lunchtime. Yeah. And you're teaching online next, right? You don't even need to wear pants for that. That's true. I've got slippers on. I've got moccasins on. <laughs> Good. <laughs> nice. It's hot. It's here. quite fun. Teaching online, I usually just wear like some track pants or something and pop on a nice top and it's like I'm all ready to go. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I, I did actually. I, I feel kind of like a fake sometimes when I do that. I um I sit on the Traffic and Public Safety Commission in the town where we live. Uh, yeah. Edith. And last week, you could see I'm in a pair of shorts now, but last week yeah. for the meeting, we did it over this Zoom platform. And right before the meeting, I did that. I just put on a shirt that like, I don't ever wear. You know? <laughs> just so nice. that any member of the public was watching that they would like think that I actually take life seriously. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's all right. It's good to do that sometimes. Joining the podcast. Um, I've been watching you over Instagram and the reason that um, I was so stoked to talk to you was uh, when you started posting the, I don't even know what they're called, the the videos where you're playing um, different melodies with yourself. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, acapella. Yeah. Videos, yeah. Those are rad. How, how difficult is the oh, software for those things? It's pretty, it's pretty easy. Um, so... You, when you record your first video, you've just got to make sure you put in um, a tempo. So it's hard to change tempo. Um, so, yeah, there's, I think it was the Somewhere Over the Rainbow one I did. I was trying to change, I was trying to do it without a click track and just change tempo. And I thought, oh, because I'm playing with myself, it'll work. But it didn't. Um so, yeah, you put the click track in and it gives you a count in and then you just start playing. Right. So, yeah, it, it, that's how it lines it up for you. So you don't really need to do that. So you record one line and then you go back and you put your headphones on and then you have um, – so you have the first part going through your headphones and you just play along with that with the click track as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Have you ever worked with a looping pedal? It seems like the same thing. I have, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, many years ago I did a, because um, I play a bit of guitar as well, huh. I did like a, um, you know, like a one-man band type setup where I had guitar looping through whilst I was playing trumpet and singing. and. Oh, hell yeah. That's yeah, cool. so that was pretty fun. You know, um, are you familiar with Andrew Bird? Andrew Bird? Yeah. With a D? No, I haven't heard of Andrew Bird. Oh. Uh I tell people, of course, I can't 
I can't follow through with this test for you. But generally speaking, mm -hmm. I will tell people that if you buy one of his records and you genuinely mm -hmm. don't like it, I will pay you back for it. Because right. I believe that he is a phenomenally palatable person. Like his music mm -hmm. is not off-putting to anyone. Um, and he's phenomenally talented. He's a classically trained violinist. Who oh, wow. He'll play the glockenspiel. He's incredible mm -hmm. at whistling. He'll play the glockenspiel, whistle, and the guitar. And he, he'll, he'll basically like do rhythm guitar and a really like moody um, violin and then start singing and whistling and all this over it. It's uh, incredible. With that's really cool. So yeah. uh, the reason that I've actually found you on the internet is because you're in, you have a van. Yeah, I do. Tell me about that. But What's I'm not that? in it right now, clearly. Yeah, clearly. Um, gas van. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's more like a, yeah, a bus without wheels. Um, so it was September 2018, I got the van, mm -hmm. and my idea was work on it for maybe, uh, I was very naive, uh, like four or five months and then, take a year off and go around Australia, essentially. And, yeah, that didn't really happen. And I just, the year I got it, I'd started teaching at a new school and it was sort of like, well, the band's not really finished and I'm enjoying teaching at the school. So what I did instead was um, with what I'd done with my dad's help, of course, on the van, um, I actually lived part-time in my van for like, oh, about a year, a year and a half. So whilst I was teaching in Melbourne, I was living in the van, like just staying at, you know, campsites or friends' places, driveways. And um, and then the my days off, I'd either go hang out with my folks. In, they live in Gippsland, which is like two hours uh east a little bit south of Melbourne and I'd go hang out there or I'd go somewhere else for a few days off to Adelaide, um, Sydney, Byron Bay, whatever. Um, yeah, because I've sort of got friends all over Australia now from playing music and travelling around and stuff. So, Were you yeah, so the last year was quite, yeah, the last year, year and a half has been quite cool I've been in the van a lot and it hasn't really been finished but it's been good because it's given me a chance to actually figure out what works and what doesn't work and mm -hmm. during that time I've changed my idea a few times about you know bed design and things like that yeah it's a Volkswagen t5 is that right yeah it's a t5 it's the um the second edition of the t5 so you got that earlier model which is the T5, and then I think they call the second one from 2010 onwards the T5.1, Okay. which I just discovered yesterday, actually. All right. What year is I knew your... there were two versions, but sorry? What year is yours? Uh, 2014. Okay. And yeah, so I was only a couple of years old when I bought it. What did it come with in it in terms of furniture? Nothing. Okay. It was empty. It was an it was an ex uh, courier van. Okay. I think my dogs are in trouble. That's uh. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what do you have in it now? So I've got. Um, I went up went up to Ballina. Uh, not last. No, not the December, just gone, the one before, and I got a pop-top put in. Okay. Um, so that's good because I can stand up now. And um, oh, okay. Um, and I've got a fridge, a 50-litre fridge, which runs off. I've got two AGM batteries in, in there now, 120 amp-hour AGM batteries. Okay. So the fridge runs off them. And uh, they're recharged when you when you drive, so connected to the alternator. Mm -hmm. And also, I've got two eighty watt solar panels on the roof, so 
that recharges them as well. And I've got a little solar blanket. Like So if I'm camping out somewhere, um, I usually just hang that out the back and as soon as the sun comes up, that starts bringing in solar power as well. Um, so I've got that. I've got a 3,000-watt inverter as well, which I don't really use that much. It's um, I use that sometimes for... I've got a, what are they called, induction cooktop. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I mainly use that if I'm at a campsite that has power, um, which is, in all honesty, not that often. But, um, yeah, and I've got a gas, like a portable gas cooker as a backup as well. Yeah, so, and up until now I've had just a platform bed yeah. that doesn't turn into a uh, a couch or a chair or anything like that. So I've had all underneath the bed as storage space, which has been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got uh, the passenger seat in the front is a swivel seat as well. Cool. So that's made a bit of extra room. Uh, I haven't got proper curtains yet, so they're sort of stuck up with gaffer tape still and things like that. But, um, yeah, it'll all happen eventually. And... Yeah, I guess in a way it would have been nice to get it done and I could have been using it done all this time, but I'm kind of in a way glad I haven't as well, as I was saying before, because I've learned what works and what doesn't work. And my my original idea was to have a like a bench seat that folds out into a bed and then it's split into like three or four sections. But, um, yeah, I've realised I don't – I feel like I don't really need that backrest, so – um, what my dad's helped me come up with this, of course, he's the brains behind all the construction of things. Um, he's helped me design a bed where just the front extends out. Um, so you've got one main piece of mattress and then there's just an extension of, say, oh, say 50 40, 50 centimetres or something like that. And so the brakes down the feet end, so it's not, you know, interrupting my back or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So that you you do have some space if you want to, like, congregate with another person or two or whatever, like, chill out in the van. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, could swivel the seat around and have someone there, have a couple people on the bed or, Mm -hmm. yeah, what have you. Um, I thought about getting a swivel for the uh, driver's seat as well. But, um, yeah, it's probably in reality not that practical because the fridge is right behind that driver's seat there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had that. We, we had in the first van, we had the, the bed that went long ways that turned from a uh, a couch and slid out to be a bed. Yep. And we couldn't swivel. It didn't make any sense for us to swivel the driver's seat for that same reason, because there was nowhere, if you did that, there was nowhere for that person's legs to go anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's right. But being able, being able to convert it did help, especially with the podcast. Cause you know, we've had, even in the smaller van that we had before, we've had five people sitting around hanging out in there. Um, yeah, cool. So that's useful. I, so the, the thing that I'm most curious about in terms of, I want to talk about music and stuff and how the van sort of will play into that and what your plans are down the road. But um, one thing that really is, is super fascinating to me uh, talking to different people who live in vans in the U S is the sort of the throws, the cultural throws that they go through uh, in terms of stigma and perception around the idea of traveling not even so much traveling because everybody gets that but living full-time in a van um and I feel like Mm. I feel like I don't have a really good perception of what the differences are between the the culture out where you live and and here Mm. because I have I'm a surfer and so I have friends who have gone out to Australia, either bought or rented a van and traveled around and like bummed around and and surfed a bunch. But all of those anecdotes Mm. are like 10 years old. And I know that things change pretty rapidly. So I guess my question is, 
um, first of all, your pops is helping you out with the van constantly, it sounds like. And yeah. <laughs> was, was there any like, is there any trepidation or like, should, Melanie, should you really be doing this sort of thing from, from your family? Mm. No, not really, actually. I expected there would be, but there wasn't. Um, and I, <laughs> I think it's actually because prior to getting the van, I wanted to build a cob house on their property. <laughs> and so the idea of building a van was good because it meant that I would be not there. Elsewhere. I'd be somewhere else. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the living in the van long term. What they would think about what they think about that. Um, but yeah, like they've definitely not really seemed to have a go at me about it. They've sort of been on board the whole time, cool. which has been good and sort of surprising, but. Yeah, I think it was good to um, do a bit of shock value with the Cobb House idea first and that eased me into van life, you know. So the advice mm. is always come in with some idea. Something shocking. That's more extreme than what you actually want to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom. Um, okay, and then sort of in the same vein, uh, what is it like... So you're staying in you're 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 over in on mainland Australia because now you're in Tasmania, right? Yeah, Tassie, yeah. Okay. Um but but when you're up in Melbourne working there mm-hmm. and traveling around, I know that you're staying sometimes in campsites and sometimes you're staying uh like in friends' driveways and stuff. Mm. Are, you, are you ever just crashing like on the side of the road, in the street, anything like that? I have, yeah. Um not necessarily on purpose, um, but I have, yeah, I don't know if I should say this, but, yeah, I will. <laughs> I've accidentally, after school a few times, gone for a little lie down and, like, fell asleep and woken up the next day. Yeah. Um, so I've done it by accident. I haven't really, I haven't camped on the streets of Melbourne as such, apart from, just like daytime naps or whatever, haven't really spent the night. Um, It's, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily that it's not safe. I think there is a small element of that in certain areas, but it's it's more where the school is. There's actually, it's sort of around St Kilda area, uh, which... There's a lot, there are a lot of camper vans getting around that area. It's down at the beach. And um, I think the police are pretty strict with those those areas and around that, um, around that St Kilda area in particular. Um, so that's why, yeah, I've tried to keep it to people I know or campsites and stuff like that. Um, with, the, with the stigma thing that you mentioned before, um, yeah, it was interesting because the school I was teaching at is a private school. So, you know, you tell your work colleagues that they're like, oh, wh- where are you staying? And I was like, well, in my van. And they're like, oh, okay. So, yeah, I copped a little bit of flack from a few people, but not in a bad way. They'd sort of, you know, just joke about me being a, you know, a hippie or whatever. And, um and then, but then I'd get some people who'd be like, oh, no, come and stay at my house. Don't sleep in your van. And it's like, no, I want to sleep in the van. <laughs> like, I'm comfortable in the van. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting, different people's perceptions. They think that, you know, you're doing it because, I don't know, you can't afford to live in a house or whatever. It's, but it's not really, it wasn't really about that for me. It was about I just wanted to be in the van, you know. Yeah. And, um, and save money to, you know, work on the van and put things into the van like solar panels and pop tops and, you know, things that do cost a little bit of extra money. So we, uh, yeah. we've been, we've been largely locked down um, because of this coronavirus thing. Uh, we've moved yeah. between we're, and we're doing that now as a sort of like primarily staying in, uh, in friends and family's driveways, primarily because 
the gyms aren't open. We've designed the van so that it looks like a work truck. And so we can sort of get away with yeah. sleeping wherever we want to, but there's nowhere for us to shower because the gyms are all closed. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, of course. And we had the same experience. Like every time we go over to, every time we visit somebody, when we traveled and stuff, we go to their house, we're like, let's hang out. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. We've got the the sheets and their towels in the bathroom. And we're like, uh, well, mm. we'll use your toilet, but we're going to stay in the van because it's our house. It's our home, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's the thing that makes us feel comfortable. So I totally get that. Um, yeah. What is the, what is the school that you're teaching at right now? Are you, you're, you're a student and a teacher right now. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm in Tasmania at the moment, um, studying at the university of Tasmania. <laughs> um, so I'm learning trumpet off, um, one of the guys in the orchestra, the symphony orchestra here. Mm-hmm. And he's a really good teacher. That's why I've come down here. And, um, and not long after I got here, um, a few people sort of found out I was here and asked if I want to come and teach at their school. So um, I'm teaching across three schools, but it's all online at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just teaching trumpet lessons. Um, yeah, which has been interesting. And they're going back to school next week, so that'll be nice to get down there and see the kids in person. So, yeah, I'm – sorry? You'll be back in the classroom next week? Yeah, but I just teach one-on-one, so it's not like I'll have, you know, 25 kids around me or anything. It's just, yeah, trumpet lessons one-on-one. So, um, yeah, which makes me feel a bit more comfortable about going back. And there hasn't been a huge um, surge of coronavirus in Tasmania because it's its own little island – they sort of they stopped cruise ships coming in pretty early on, and um, yeah, flights coming in and stuff have had to be like go into go, people had to go into government quarantine pretty early on as well. So I've managed to sort of keep it out of here. Um, there's been a little outbreak in the northwest of Tasmania, um, but Hobart and South Tasmania, there's no current cases of it, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. And that's where I am, Hobart. So, yeah, pretty safe. And they're starting to ease things a bit, but, you know, still got to be a bit careful, I suppose. For sure. We're in um, yeah. we're in the driveway of uh, Colette's dad and stepmom's uh, oh, nice. house in Vegas, Las Vegas. Yeah, right. And uh, I, they're, they're opening things up here way faster then yeah okay feel comfortable because there's still cases all over the place here you know we're not yeah. dealing with very well um and so Jeez. we're to the house you know we're going nowhere uh except mm. to do a little yeah, bit good call grocery shopping or whatever um mm. so how long how long are you in how long are you in tasmania what's your what's your plan well, my course goes for a year and a half, so it's a Masters of uh, Music Performance. So I've nearly finished the first semester. <laughs> so there's, yeah, three semesters. So the middle of next year I'll be finished. Okay. And um, my school in Melbourne is expecting me to go back there to work at there. that time. Yeah. So they're sort of holding my job for me. Nice. Um, so that's cool. Um, but I'm, I don't know if it's just because we've been locked up, but I'm sort of itching to uh, have my trip soon. Oh, for sure. We are. Yeah. Colette and I just keep riding this wave. She's not feeling well. A lot of the time she'll come on the podcast, but she's not feeling super well right now. Um uh. But we've been just sort of up and down and depressed for no re- apparently no reason here and there. You know, it's just like every yeah. every once in a while, every few days, it's just like I don't feel like I understand what I'm supposed to do today. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, it's really messing with people's routines, hey? For sure. And you know, we given given this amount of freedom uh, from from routine, we would totally be hiking in the mountains right now 
but yeah. those places are either closed or overrun yeah. because nobody has anything to do. That's it. Um, so what's your, what's your creative drive with music? What, why music and why the trumpet? Well, that's a very good question. Yeah. Um, well, I, it was when I was about four or five, I heard this guy called James Morrison play the trumpet. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, um, he's an Australian trumpet player. He's sort of, he's pre, I think he's pretty well known around the world. Um, but yeah, he's trumpet royalty here, that's for sure. And um, I heard him play when I was little and I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Um, so I guess initially there was, I just wanted to play the trumpet. That's all I knew. And um, I grew up listening to a lot of jazz and because um, my dad was really into Ackerbilk and all these jazz clarinet players, which was you know, luckily, luckily they played with trumpet players every now and then. Um, so I sort of grew up listening to all that stuff, the jazz stuff. And um, But then it was interesting because it kind of took a turn and I ended up learning off um, someone in my local brass band. So then I sort of, in the, in the, so it's like a British brass band tradition. So there's a lot of, it's a lot of classical, I guess, based uh, repertoire that you'd play in the brass band and but there's a bit of every now and then there's a little bit of jazz too so that sort of kept me going and then um yeah I guess because I'd learnt this sort of classical based approach I just kept going down that line and um yes yeah, so I did my bachelor of uni straight after school and did that in classical trumpet and then I was in the um Navy band for like six and a half years playing trumpet full time, which is a bit different to van life. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I did that. And then since then I've been teaching, but the creative, back to your question, original question, the creative component is definitely like writing my own music and, um, and rec that's one of my, that's Jack. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can. It's a little whipper. Yeah, I might let him in in a minute. Um, but, yeah, writing writing my own music. And, yeah, it's really interesting because I love jazz music. I love listening to jazz music. But then I play classical. But then also when I'm being creative, I kind of write. It's more like, I guess, folky blues kind of music. So, yeah, it's all a bit of a mixture of different things that I like listening to um so yeah that's one of the like when I go away in the van or when I start living in it full time I suppose um if that ever happens <laughs> which I'm sure it will um what I really want to do is um yeah take away like a small recording setup and travel around the country writing music and recording it as I go um, to help with the creative process. And um, I guess my initial, my initial idea is I've got in my head a year for some reason um, of doing that, writing, meeting musicians on the way, jamming, um, maybe doing some trumpet teaching online from the van. Um, oh, there's a little pun there for you. Um, and then at the end of it, uh, reviewing like what I've what I've come up with, like what songs of you know I might have ten songs, I might have twenty songs, I might have thirty, whatever, and then picking from them and uh, perhaps recording an album or something like that at the end. Um, I've done a few EPs before under the under the name Mel Wilkinson, um, so similar sort of style, folky stuff, guitar with looping and. Yeah, trumpet and vocals and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I guess that's my creative drive, really. Very cool. So, uh, yeah. Are you like when you were when you were up in Melbourne teaching? Um, were you playing open mic nights, sitting in with people, gigging, like? Yeah. So I did that. I did a lot of open mic nights with 
this, let's call it the creative setup of the guitar, trumpet, singing, writing songs. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of that between 2012 and 2015. Uh, 2015, I went back and studied full-time to get my education degree. So I could, um, I mean, I only did it for like half a year after, after I finished the degree, but so I had the qualification to teach classroom music, essentially. Um, so I did that. And when I was doing that, it was really full on and I just didn't have time to do any of that creative stuff or getting out and doing the open mic nights and stuff like that. So it sort of stopped and then I ended up doing a lot more gigs on the trumpet, playing in big bands and um, brass bands and jazz bands and stuff like that. So, yeah, that sort of switched and then I just kept doing that for a while and I haven't really gotten back to the songwriting and the guitar and et cetera. Um, and now I'm doing this trumpet study, so that's sort of my focus as well. But as you can see in the background, I do have the guitar and it come, comes over here sometimes. So, and I've just got a couple of new mics and a nice little interface, mainly, well, partly to help with my online teaching, but also to, um, yeah, do some recordings of, you know, old tunes or new tunes or whatever's sort of happening in between. Yeah. Super cool. So uh, what kind of dog is Jack? He's a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Is he going with you? Um, yeah, he oh. has to. Yeah. As before? He has. I've actually got two. I've got a little, I've got a smaller one and her name's Juno. And it's really interesting because Jack loves the van so much. Like if you open the sliding door, he's straight in there up on the bed and it's hard to get him out. Juno runs the other way. <laughs> it's like she has this fear of the van. It's anyway, it's really, it's kind of strange, but I've been trying to wean her onto it. So, um, yeah, like, you know, bring some treats in the van or something like that and take her for a little drive. So I try and get her out in the van. I get them both out. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to reduce her fear of it because she's coming too. Wait, yeah. were, they, were either of them with you up in Melbourne? Or are they new? Uh, no. So when I was teaching, when I would be in the van teaching, they'd, they'd stay at mum and dad's. Yeah, because, and, yeah, that's one of the issues that I would have. If I was travelling around or living in the van, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be able to teach at a school unless I put them in, like, daycare or something, um, you know, which is always a possibility. But that's kind of why I like the idea of, doing online teaching from the van because they could be like right there. Sure. So, yeah, I want to try and over, well, whilst I'm here really is doing this study, try and get some good little videos made um, and, you know, start a YouTube channel uh, and a little website um, to try and get some online students for, yeah, while I'm on the road yeah, essentially. Cool. And then gigs, like if... If I end up getting some gigs on the way, I guess, I don't know, I'm in two minds about it, but usually that would happen at night, so it would be a bit cooler. So I'd feel okay about leaving them in the van for a little while. But, yeah, again, it depends on the area too because I've got this innate fear of someone breaking in and stealing them as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're my children. Yeah. My babies. My mom's always been really scared about that, about her dog getting stolen. I've never been worried about mm. someone stealing my dog, but, and I don't know if this is the case in Australia, but a lot of places in the, most places in the U.S., there are these mm. good Samaritan laws where if somebody perceives that there is a dog in a vehicle in trouble, they're totally mm. allowed to smash your window to- Yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah, same here. That's what, I think that's more what the fear is than- yeah, someone's stealing them. But but it's quite common here. I don't know about there, but it is actually quite common here for for staffies to be stolen for dog fighting. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's still a thing there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Is it illegal? Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
I don't think I look. I don't. I don't. Rec- I don't. I feel like it probably doesn't really happen as much in Tasmania, but I know in Melbourne, in certain suburbs, it happens a lot. Are there not, so yeah, you got to be careful. Are there not a lot of pits there? No. Oh, because they're everywhere here. Yeah. If you want to rescue a pit bull, it it'll happen immediately. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's there's certain rules with pit bulls here, so not many people have them. Mm. Um, it's, yeah. How do you get your van from one island to the other? Oh, yeah, there's, um, so there's a ferry service called the Spirit of Tasmania. And, um, yeah, you just drive on. It's really cool. They, um. Yeah, so you rock up to the Spirit of Tasmania in Port Melbourne and there's a little bridge and you drive over that. And it was really cool actually because, uh, well, I don't think it's cool that you have to put your dog in a kennel on a ship, but that's what you have to do on this particular um, ship. So... But it was good because where I got to park was right near where the dog kennels were. So sort of just parked, popped them out, and it wasn't, I mean, it was probably very, very stressful for them because I've never done anything like that before. It was pretty rough, actually. I mean, it always, it usually is across the Bass Strait. Um, So, yeah, you drive on and essentially they just clamp your wheels down and then put your, your babies in there cold metal kennel and you have a little weep of sadness and then you go up these steps and you're up in the ship and there's bars and there's restaurants and you know how how long is the trip uh so you do it you usually it goes overnight Mm -hmm. so you rock up to the ship around i think it was seven or 7 30 at night a bit earlier somewhere around there and so it travels overnight and you um, arrive in um, Devonport at around 6 or 7 in the morning, the following morning. So you can you can book a cabin and you can try and sleep. But, um, yeah, I just had a little deck chair in the, I can't remember what they call it. The, um, anyway, it was, the lights were off and people were sleeping and you get little blankets and pillows and things. I think I slept for a couple of hours, um, didn't sleep much. But they do, They well, they're not really doing much at all at the moment. But prior to coronavirus, they were um, doing day trips as well on weekends. So you don't have to have the challenge of trying to sleep. <laughs> and they won't let you stay in your vehicle, I guess. Well, <clears throat> no, technically you're not meant to. Um, I know people that have, but I, they haven't done that any time recently. Um, and the other thing is too, like if, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they want to go on the spirit of Tasmania in the future, there is actually a waiver you can sign to leave your dogs in your vehicle rather than putting them in the kennel. Um, but it's a good idea to book the kennel anyway. I think it's like, was either, I think it was only like 10 or $20 or something per dog. Um, <clears throat> it's good to book a kennel because then you act, they actually put you on the same deck as the kennels and they're well ventilated. Um, there's been some, a few horror stories that I've read about, about people signing the waiver to leave the animals in the car and they haven't booked a kennel and they've gone on a deck that's not as well ventilated and they've, essentially suffocated to death and they've gone back to their car in the morning and the dogs are dead like yeah which is really really sad and yeah I was so stressed out about that um that's why yeah that's why I put them in the kennel as bad as I felt doing that um but I think like yeah in in my van and you know any other van that has good ventilation I think It'd be, it'd be quite similar to being in the kennel, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and provided it's not a really, really hot day or, well, if it's overnight, it's not 
it is going to be cold anyway, pretty much going across there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Spin, spin our dog. Uh, I, when he was a baby, I crate trained him uh, and he slept every night in the crate for like the first six or eight months that I had him. Yeah. And he loves the van and okay. our van. I don't, do you have, he'll stay, we can go to, we went to New York city yeah. and parked on Manhattan last year and we would just leave him at, to go out at night and he would just be silent. Yeah garbage trucks, fights, whatever's happening outside. He just, he loves it so much. It's like, it's so like good. a crate for him. Um, do yeah. you have, what do you have in terms of ventilation in your van? Um, yeah, so I've got two uh, solar powered um, vents on the roof. Okay. And they're, um, I think they're, I'm pretty sure they're actually made for boats. Like, I think the brand's like, Marine Co or Marine Co or something like that. Anyway, so they're waterproof and all that sort of jazz. Um, and one, you can set them to exhaust or intake air. So I've got one bringing air in and one exhausting air. So it keeps it pretty fresh. Yeah, cool. Um, so they're little fans. And like if you're lying under the intake fan, you can't, it's not like a fan that will cool you down but you can sort of just feel the air coming in. So it's enough to keep it ventilated and fresh. Mm -hmm. Like the van never smells funny or um, when I've come back to it at all. And I pretty much just leave them running most of the time because they've got their own little solar panel on the top and constantly recharging yeah. uh, the battery inside. So that's pretty cool. And um also, I've got um, these, uh, what do you call them? Well, vents, I suppose, that clip in um, onto the top of the two cabin windows. So you've probably seen those. You sit them in and then close the window and they sort of lock on themselves. So I can put those in as well. Um, Are those made of metal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I they're metal ones. Sorry? I've seen them on the internet, but I've never actually touched one. Yeah. Well, they're quite good. Um, yeah, I don't know how I'd feel about leaving them in and leaving the van for hours and hours on end. Um, just, you know, breaking in-wise, it might be a bit easier to pop a little metal vent, mm -hmm. you know rather than a window. Um, but, yeah, they're quite good. But I don't think it's enough just having those. Like, it's good having those solar vents as well. Yeah, sure. And then when I'm able to pop the roof, obviously that brings air in as well. Right. Yeah. Um, did they, oh, when, they, when, they put the, when they put the pop top, the pop-up in the roof, mm -hmm. it's the, is the piece that they used for the actual roof is it the piece that they cut off or is it a completely new piece yeah it's a completely new piece um yeah so they cut out they cut the metal out and um yeah the new piece that they put in is um, made of fiberglass mm -hmm. yeah um and yeah where i got it done in ballina which is northern new south wales sort of near byron bay if you've heard of that place at all um good that's okay we can still be friends <laughs> it's one of my favorite places ever um yeah so I got that installed up there and they essentially their business name is Ballina Fiberglass so they make showers for vans and caravans and all sorts of fiberglass things um and the reason why I went there is it was I think I think around $2,000 or maybe a little bit more cheaper than anywhere else, like anywhere around Melbourne or in Victoria mm -hmm. that I looked at getting it done. And I think the part of the reason for that is they actually make, they actually make that pop top themselves rather than buying it in from somewhere and then installing it. Yeah. Um, so I figured, well, much nicer 
getting it done up there and I can have a little holiday yeah. for a couple of weeks. So that's what I did. And Very cool. Yeah. I need to let you go in a minute, but I want to ask you like a couple more questions. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so you finish, you finish your program, you find some mm-hmm. online clients uh, to teach and you travel around for a year. You aggregate the songs that you've come upon while you're traveling, Mm -hmm. and then you release the best ones of those. What happens after that? Are you going to go back to teaching? Are you going to be a pop star? Um, (laughs) What's 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 the what's the program? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, no idea. Um, Yeah, I guess if I like. I mean, I, the probably the longest, the longest I've probably been away in the van has been like a month or something without, you know, being at a house or something in between. Um, so yeah, in amongst the last year and a half to two years, I've had many sort of few week adventures up the coast or down the other coast or whatever. Um, but I just want to see, yeah, how I like living in living in the van, I guess, for that extended period of time. And if I really like it, I might keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's – I haven't really – yeah, I haven't really got a plan. I just – that's what I want to do and see what happens, really. Um, yeah, I might be over it and I might want to buy a house. I don't think so, but – um <laughs> you know so but I don't, definitely don't want to be a pop star that's for sure I know that much <laughs> what are the um what are the what are the sort of hurdles and challenges that you need to complete in terms of figuring the van out before you can strike out on that journey what else do you need um, before, before it's time to go I mean apart from finishing the program wrapping up your yeah office, yeah yeah well, I guess, um, I mean, I could do it with how it is now, really, like realistically, but, um, you know, I've got a sink sitting there and water filters and pumps and things like that. So I'd like to get, and I've got a nice 40-litre um, water tank that sits over the wheel arch and a few things like that. So I'd like, I'd love to have the water set up a bit better because it, up until now I've just been going out of like a 10-litre um, reusable container with a little tap, you know, which is fine. And there's no reason why you can't do it like that, but I've already bought all the stuff. I'd like it to be in there, you know. So the water system um, and I've got all the plywood ready to build um, some cupboards down the side of the bed. So much like the traditional sort of, I guess, layout of, um, Westy. you know, a Volkswagen. Yeah, Westie, yeah. So I'd like to have that so I can be a bit, organi- bit more organised with my stuff because, yeah, up until now there's just this space there and everything just goes there in a pile. Um, <clears throat> so it would be nice if because I'm living in a, like it's a very small van and a small space, it would be good if I can have those little compartments where I can be a bit more organised with my stuff. Um, the bed needs to be finished and there's not a lot more that really needs, that's sort of about it, really. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Have you played in any, uh, like, punk or ska bands? I haven't. Okay. But I do like, yeah, I like ska music, yeah. I used to um, listen to a lot of that when I was younger. Mm. I, I was I was big into that stuff in the '90s, and I, I sort of yeah. Even to this day, every, every rock band, regardless of how hard it is, should have a horn section. Yeah. Um, okay, and one last. That thing. would be ideal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you like real big fish? Yeah, I like real big fish. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're awesome. And they're hilarious too. Apart yeah. from a good band. Um. And then finally, is there anything you want to plug? You got a website? You you haven't started your YouTube oh. channel yet, but is there anything that you want? No. To... No? Oh, not really. Just come and check out 
my Instagram. I mean, I'm just doing it for fun, really. Okay. Um, and, but I guess further down the track, I might use that as a bit of a bit of a selling point for, you know, having lessons. I haven't quite decided yet whether it's just going to be less trumpet lessons online and they happen to be in a van or or really push the fact that I'm sort of travelling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I guess come and check out the Instagram, Lord Byron and Co. Cool. And um Yeah. Good deal. That's it, really. Oh, and my old, my old, my old folk music that I used to do, which I will be doing again soon, is um, there's some of that on iTunes if you want to have a listen at all. Um, just Mel Wilkinson. Okay. There's another Mel Wilkinson. Um, she's a bit older, so I'm the young one. But it was quite a few years ago, so I look a lot younger than I do now. Um, so yeah, the CDs are called um, Nightcap Rangers. Uh, and Northern Rivers Sun. Cool. If you want to check them out, yeah, they're on iTunes. So. Well, I'll give them a yeah. listen. Oh, thanks, Marty. Well, thank you for doing this. I'll let you get to your class. Um, no worries. Talk to somebody on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no worries. Good luck it's with your Enjoyable. All right. Take care. All right, have a nice night. See ya. All right, guys, we did it. Uh, that was episode 59 of From the Van featuring Melanie Wilkinson. Uh, go check her music out. Uh, she was a very delightful person to talk to, and from my relatively unsophisticated perspective, uh, she's also a very good trumpet player. Um, thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate you, and uh, we will have another episode for you uh, sometime in the future of From the Van. <laughs>